Hello, everyone. Welcome to Bulbacast Season 2, Episode 8. My name is Nick, and now I'm going to introduce everyone. First off, we have TSS Killer from Pocket Monsters. Hello there, peoples. Sadashi Kun from the Bulba Garden Channel. H is for hello. Misty, Bulba Garden Forms Moderator and Smogan Forms Moderator. Hello. Asumi, Bulba Garden Administrator. Hello. Archaic, Bulba Garden Webmaster. Hi, everyone. How's it going? PPN Steve, Key Bulba Garden Affiliate, owner of Pokemon Palace Network. Hey, everyone. And Pi, Bulba Garden Super Moderator. And now hey I'm going to turn it over to TSS Killer. Thank you very much, Nick. Very good intro there. Okay, we are going to get things started tonight. We're going to get things rolling on this wonderful cast of ours by calling Great Liver. So let's get him in right now. Hello, Great Liver. Welcome to Bulbacast episode number eight of season two. Yeah. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. Hey, All right. Hello and welcome. Yes, indeed. And, uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, Hi, everybody. Hello there. And, uh, what, and uh, what might your question be this week? Well, my question was, what role do you think Emirates, or whatever it's pronounced, is going to have in the anime, just because it's the legendary that Hikari saw in the first episode? Mm. Generally, legendaries in the anime appear here and there, but... You see the legendaries usually in the movies. Would I not be correct, or would I be? Mm. Do you I mean, like, the Seacoon appeared early in the Jota arc to Ash, but it's not like he really did anything big during the series there, did he? Yeah, not well, he really. appeared in the uh, episode with Usain to uh, mm. save everything, and he appeared in the... Celebi movie, so there's well, yeah. some significance there. Ho-Oh, was, uh, was Ho-Oh a legendary? Indeed yes. so. Yeah. Yeah. He had his own episode, and didn't Ash see him on his like, first day? Or his well, day yes, first yeah. up, yep, and then in uh, 200 and for whom 60s. The yes. bell, or for Ho-Oh, the bell tolls. Mm-hmm. Actually, now that I think about it, um, when they see a legendary very early in the arc, it's usually promoting a future game that's going to have that legendary as one of the major yep. Pokemon. I mean, like, Sukun became the legendary that was the focus with Crystal, and... Ho-Oh was uh, uh, gold. Ho-Oh was gold, so... Could this one have to be... Uh, not, not to my understanding. Not for not for AGs, my uh, as I recall. Yeah, we no. didn't, didn't have any legendaries early there that I can recall. Not really. Mm, weird. No. Um, but I'm really I seriously don't... doubting that, en- that this legendary is really going to play much of a role in the anime. Possibly mm. a later movie, maybe not. But generally, my experience, not really in the anime. Maybe an episode. Maybe if we're lucky. Yeah, oh, perhaps. Maybe no, we just, can't no, forget. Maybe just a slight appearance in the sunset, in the sunset or something. Mm-hmm. Well, we do have to remember that they've said that this uh, diamond and pearl arc will have a heavy side story with the whole galaxy thing and the legendaries. That was ha- supposed to be the focus of it, from what we heard in the original promotional material. Yeah. So it's possible that this might be foreshadowing that somehow, but, but we really won't know until that happens. Yeah, right. That's right. about right. Okay, well, thanks. Right. Well, you have any more questions before we go? Um, no, that was it. Okay. All right. Thanks for your question. Thank you, Great Liver, for thanks calling. Thanks for calling in. Have a nice night. Thank you. you too. Thanks. Bye-bye. All right, thank you. Goodbye. Bye. That was great. 
<laughs> great call in, great call in once again. Uh, I, like, I like the question, very, uh, you know, very specific, and we like specific yes. questions. If you want to be a future Bulbacast call-in, it'll be nice for you to give us specific questions so we don't have to go jumbling all around the place to You can also make comments and express your opinions on the Pokemon mm, franchise definitely. if you'd like. Exactly. We but don't necessarily have you know, to um, use a question-answer yeah, format with your call-in. Yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's like a preferred format, but it doesn't, it's, doesn't, it's not really required. It's not written so. in stone. If you, want yeah. to be, if you want to just speak your mind, that's fine. Yeah, we'll, we'll accept it, you know. Indeed so. So anyway, we're gonna go we're gonna go right along here to our next call in. Next call in tonight for this wonderful bubble cast will be Kaluka Chen. Let's get her in now. Or him yeah, her probably. Hello Kaluka Chen, welcome to Bulbacast, episode number eight of season two. Okay. Hello. Hello there. Hi. Ooh, hello there. Hello. Uh, hello. You are live. Hello there. So what might your question be this week? Okay, I have a really good question actually. I'd like to know why the all the electric types have the same freaking stat build. Because they're lazy and don't want to change them around? <laughs> really, electric only has one weakness. Three resistances, it would be perfect if not for the fact that all the stat builds suck. Hmm. Hmm. All, any, I'm wondering uh, if they're doing that because it's the same basic group, you know, electric types. Well, they're mostly all fast and have lots of special attack. I mean, if you think about lightning, mm-hmm. it's like really fast, I mean, like yes. the speed of light, yeah. and mm-hmm. special attack usually comes from me, I guess, because they're powerful electric attacks, although like, mm-hmm. you can usually find some exceptions, um, like the new electric Pokemon Rentora, or however you pronounce that, it has, uh, it actually has fairly low speed and high attack, as a matter of fact. And uh, there is uh, Ampharos, which is actually pretty slow. So uh, you rarely find that most those Pokemon within a type are actually consistent. They usually do try to have some variance, even if most of them seem to follow the same thing. Like most psychics have high special attack and speed as well, but. It's like, like they're trying to rectify all the things being thunder waves are already fast. I mean, the slow things to get thunder waves, they can screw up the fast things and then outspeed them. Mm-hmm. Move sets aren't designed based on what the Pokemon would be good with. They're designed based on a specific what? analysis of abilities. I mean, thunder waves right. yeah, come C-Arcanine. from the ability to... <laughs> Yeah, they come from the ability to produce electricity, and most electric types produce electricity. That's so does stuff. wheezing. <laughs> wheezing does electricity? Yes, yeah. yes it can use Thunderbolt. Okay, well, a lot of random things mm-hmm. can use run Thunderbolt. Well, Person yes. Can use, well, they're, Person like, can use Bubble Beam. That doesn't make any sense to me, but that's... Big and normal types are the exception to the rule, yeah. of course. Yeah. Normal types. Poison types kind of do some weird stuff, too, though. They're kind of like normal, but not. Well, aren't some of the, like the, the moves They're like normal, except they have resistances. They're abnormal. Some physical reality <laughs> in the world. I mean, like you. Well, that's saying, what you know. the le- yeah, that that's what the level up moves are supposed to be based on the things that you expect the average ones to actually be able to use, just right. from the physical reality. You've got all the technical machines that teach you the special moves that 
well, maybe they're physically capable of doing it, but it's not something that they naturally do on their own. Okay, well, apparently Hariyama can use Invisible Tide by itself. That's what I've read. I don't know how it does it, but it mm. does. And it has no point to doing so because the special attack is lame. I, I don't yeah, know. There's I a think... lot of attacks like that in there. I mean, um... Oh, I yeah, Diamond and Zen. Pearl? Yeah, uh, yeah like, like, in Diamond flames... and Pearl, I've... Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, in Diamond and Pearl, for example, I had my Alakazam, and before I figured out which graphic actually meant, oh, so this attack's special type, or this one's physical type, I was teaching it psychic moves purely on the base of what was the base power. And I originally figured out, well, wait a second, this psychic move is actually counted as a physical attack, that's why it's doing less damage than this other one, which is apparently still counted as a special attack. Because, of course, Alakazam's got utterly horrible attack values, as you'd pretty much expect from something like that. Exactly. Mm. But just because it's got those horrible attack values doesn't mean that the attacks it's going to develop leveling up should reflect that. They just reflect the physical things that guy's going to be capable of, even if he can't do it very well, as far as we're concerned. Mm. Except for Invisible Tide on Hariyama, because I I still don't know how it does that. I think so. I think I know where that comes from. It's probably the uh, whole uh, Brawly thing, because Brawly is pretty famous for his surfing Makuhita or uh, Hariyama. That mm. just might be the thing behind that. I'm still looking for an explanation to Flamethrower on Manectric. I, my, my only, the only reason I can think of for that is because was to set it apart from Raikou, who otherwise outclasses it completely. I, the, otherwise, I don't get it, you know? As far as the tide on the Hariyama goes, I'd say that probably comes from uh, um, martial artists sitting themselves under waterfalls or whatever. Mm, that's true. Because I always thought Brawly was known for being emo and sitting in his completely blackened out gym. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's, he's hella, you know. Ooh, oh, that's that great. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you got anything else for us? Well, I probably have more, if not for the fact that I just worked 12 hour shift. Alright, well, I'll try to not work any more overtime on Saturdays from now on. Great. Alright. Alright. Okay. You can, go, you can go ahead and kick me out now. Thank you for calling. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for calling, Cruz. No, no, we'll get you back welcome. next week, yes. We'll get help yeah, you next Bye-bye. week, and hopefully we'll have you in there. Yeah, and I'll have some more wit for you. I'll have better wit. Okay. Yeah. Alright. Be safe yeah. now. Good night. Thank you. Bye. Bye bye. Okay. Bye bye. Uh, that was Chan. Uh, very good. Really very good. Uh, very good chatter. We, we needed more game yeah. questions, and that's good. That definitely takes the cake. Is the game question of the series so far? Yes. I've yes, had indeed. people asking me very, the, uh, very, in the chat um, and such. When are we going to cover games more? And well, that well, helped out. Yeah. It, when well, are we going to cover games more? When you ask us the questions. Exactly. There While everybody uh, recovers here from this last call, and we want you to recover by listening to this important message. Welcome to Bulba Garden, the channel where you can go, have fun, and make new friends. Anyone is welcome as long as you come with an open mind and a happy soul. 
we will welcome you in our chat. So please come and try out Channel Bulba Garden today. You can get there from chat.bulbagarden.net. Come play with us. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to BulbaCast episode number eight of season two. Now I'm going to kick things over to Winner because he has the question of the week, and please pay attention to him. Go right ahead. All right. There were three questions of the week that I posed. One was I wanted you to design a legendary Pokemon in the dungeon that he or she or it is in. Uh, the second thing I wanted to do was for you to design a side quest game, such as maybe you've played the Ocarina of Time and you've played the archery game or the slingshot game. And the third was to think of a gym leader. You didn't have to answer all three, but here we go. Jigglypaw, my idea for a legendary Pokemon would be that you, as you progress through the game, you would have to collect pieces of a legendary Pokemon from around the region that would have to fit together in some sort of jigsaw puzzle at the final dungeon, which revives it and enables you to catch it. How you progress through this mission determines the Pokemon you get. Perhaps four pieces of the dominant Pokemon are scattered across the world. Maybe there could be two pieces to choose from at each location, which would determine the type and stats of the final Pokemon pieces are put together in the final dungeon in a sort of ancient puzzle, and then he just goes on. I don't wow. want to waste too much time, but... Pokemon um, Yeah, that's a very good suggestion. Um, at the end, uh, Jigglypaw makes it that he'd like the jigsaw puzzle patterns to be contrasting colors, perhaps Aztec style. Hmm. Wolvorn has a lot of uh, stuff to read, so here we go. Hmm. The Dungeons and Puzzles. To catch my legendary, you must first capture the legendary trio that it is the leader of, like Regigigas and the Regis, which would be based on mythical beasts. Now, forgive me for mispronouncing this, but this is Toron, the Minotaur, Lizelfo, the Hydra, which kind of sounds like Lizelfos from Zelda, so you got to be careful about that, and Phoenix, the Phoenix. Each will have a part of a key to take it to the keymaker of a town, and they would put them together for you. The now completed key will allow you to access to the first area containing a clue to catching the legendary. The puzzle from then on would be similar to the Reggie's in which you would have to decipher a code which would give you the clue to work out on the clue and follow it to the location where you'd solve a puzzle using an HM. And then he goes on. Um, there would be two places where you'd get clues from, and then you'd go through a dungeon which would have many floors and solving many puzzles, um, perhaps with the end of it being the peak of a mountain. Again, I can't read all this because there is a lot. The last paragraph being, here you would enter a door and walk down a long path that appears to be floating in midair, and at the end there would be four silver statues set out in a square with a fifth gold one in the center by walking up to and pressing A and revealing a set of stairs leading to a dome. Um, for the legendary, um, he goes on to describe them a little bit. Um, the legendary name is Fenrak. It's a dark steel type. It would be based on a werewolf. It would have a thick and gray and black coat, and its hair would be made of pure steel, and each hair is tapered to the point of these hairs, which would be shot out at a great, velo great velocity and be able to pierce a hole in anything, and then he goes on with that. But let me just say it's a very good description. I think it's extremely creative. Um, with its stats being a werewolf, attack would be its main stat, and it would have it would be level 85 when it's found. Um, and then it goes on with the background. Um, for a side quest, I would like to see something where people in distress ask for your help. Perhaps they've lost an item or a Pokemon, 
and then you go to help them by doing whatever you need to do to catch by using rare items, probably upgrades for your poke etch, um, to help you know do whatever they want in their side quest. I'm sorry for the yep. Sounds mm-hmm. like mystery dungeon. Indeed. Mm-hmm. All right, and oh, finally idea. he finishes up. Uh, for a gym leader, I would either do a star, a dark steel or electric trainer. Seeing as how my favorite type is electric, I'll do that. His name is Axel. He has blue hair with spikes, and he wears blue clothes and really cool shades. Um, when he goes on, his team would include Jolteon, which is his greatest companion ever trustworthy, Rentora, the Intimidator for first impressions, Manectric, the Flash for quick finishes, Electrode, Suicidal, Desperate Times Call for Desperate Measures, Electivire, the Powerhouse for the Stronger Foe, and Metagross, the Secret Weapon when all else fails. The badge would be the Voltage Badge, the Battery Badge, or the Discharge Badge. He's not sure which which sounds best. And the gym he would probably put as the 7th or 8th. He wants it towards the end, and he would include all all sorts of traps and trap wires in his gym uh, to make it very hard and to make it very hard to navigate and get through. Uh, Thank you very much, Wolvorn. Um, That is a lot, so we couldn't read it all because we are on kind of a time. All right. uh, Great answer, though. I liked it. Indeed. Very, very creative. A lot of detail. Mm-hmm, indeed I'm so. sorry I couldn't read everything, but like I said, we're on time. All right, yeah. so Viper, um, his, he only answered the gym leader question. Connor the Conductor, it's a musical type where the gym leader uses Pokemon as sound-based actions. His personality is playful, friendly, and somewhat vain and full of himself. The appearance would be curly purple hair and a red and black conductor outfit resembling Korotaku. His Pokemon would include Korotaku, Jigglypuff, Lodred, Pedap, and Cricketine? Oh, yes, that's um, Korotoshi. And his gym would be around Gym 5 and live in a cultural town. Uh, Sexy Eddie, first off, he has an idea for a game where you travel to feudal era Japan and encounter, a ran- encounter Celebi randomly. And this time, Pokeballs are invented, and they give insight to the origin of certain Pokemon, maybe even having four shrines dedicated to the four guardians of Asia. A black tortoise representing north, winter, and water. A white tiger representing west, fall, and steel. A red bird representing south, summer, and fire. And a blue dragon representing east, spring, and grass. And then he goes on to describe the shrines, which it is a lot. And once again, we're on a time thing, but it's a very good... um, these are very creative and detailed. Both, all the answers so Indeed. far. Indeed. Yeah, I wish I wish there was enough time to. I wish there was enough time to elaborate on that. But bring no. out the, the really deep details, but you know we can you know, always they can uh, write a book with that, though. Yeah. Always can go visit the uh, forums over at uh, Boba Garden and read yes. the uh, full answers to these questions. Uh, most of them are usually the, posted there. I remember the the uh, address for those forms are B, or is uh, bmgf.bulbofgarden.net. So please visit there. It's mm-hmm. under the Garden Grotto section, and you will read that very very detail those very very detailed answers and to all of our questions more. of the week. We have a few more responses if you don't mind. I'm sorry. No, let's okay, let's sure. Move a couple on. more. A couple more. A couple more is good. Yes. All right. All right. Um, infant Septile would basic. He basically wants to have. Um, side quests where you collect crests and basically you would find the crests in very difficult to find dungeons with a lot of 
with a lot of rooms, a lot of random battles, and total darkness. And he goes on to describe everything there. Um, again, can't read all of it. Now, here's where it really get, even gets more interesting. He describes his gym leader, Lysander Wargrave. The only time I've ever heard of Lysander was in Diablo 2. It's on Island 3, in the, and it's a gym located in the Berry Forest, which is very interesting. Uh, the types is that he centers around reptiles. The Pokemon he'd have are Sceptile, Rampart, Kecleon, Tropius, Torkoal, Dotaidosu, Seviper, Venusaur, and Charmeleon. Lysander is an enigma wrapped up in a mystery. No one knows where he comes from or what he used to do, other than he appears to be eccentric and wealthy. His gym is an elaborate system of platforms hanging by ropes from trees at least 100 feet above the ground. He never boasts about his abilities, as his reputation does the talking. He pretends to be incompetent, often acting as if he were baffled. He offers suggestions that seem deranged, but turn out later to have been sound advice. He prefers long battles and thus tends to have his Pokemon dodge anything and never stay in the same position for long. So basically, a lot, probably a lot of double teaming, probably a lot of switching, which, if you're not used to it in a Pokemon game world, can be very harsh, very annoying. All right, mm-hmm. Pori Gandru. My legendary would be based off Garuda of Hindu mythology, a, flying, a fighting flying type with the battle armor ability. It is part of the legendary, legendary trio, which would be Groudon, Kyogre, Rayquaza, and can be found in an ancient shrine. The shrine is a massive dungeon similar in style to the tin and bronze towers in gold, silver, crystal. And then he goes on. For the side quests, I would like to see the HMs used in their own games, much like the e-card re- or the card e-reader games. I can see translating the diving game for your own Pokemon to dive down to find a sunken chest, a strength game where you push or throw stones or logs, and an aerial agility game for fly, etc. And wow. is a gym leader? Is there a problem? Or, I'm sorry. No. All right. Uh, his gym leader is Tabitha. And yes, he knows that it's the name of Magma's admin. The eighth badge, it's the Feral badge. Black wings outstretched, but not folded like the Zephyr badge, which is um, Faulkner's badge. City would be Coal City. Type would be Flying and Dark. And levels would be between 38 and 42. And then he goes on to describe uh, Tabitha, a little bit about her. Um, the Pokemon would be Sableye, Confuses, and Disables Pokemon. Insert to counter Ice and Fighting types. Cacturn. Glyon, which is Gligar's evolution, mm. Diamond and Pearl. And Doncrow, the featured Pokemon, which would be Murkrow's evolution, Doncrasu. And finally, we have... Let me just see here. Oh, we have two more responses, my call. Uh, we have Shiro and Fubuki. Uh, um, he's not quite sure what he would do for a legendary Pokemon, but without going all creation myth as Sinnoh has. However, he would like to see a legendary Pokemon that disguises itself as a human, kind of like Latias in the fifth movie. Uh, question two, the DS touchscreen creates a new plethora of possible minigames. Nothing that necessarily gets you a trainer star, but could be played either single player or multiplayer. And then he goes on for the single player. Um, he can't get the idea of a Pokeball throwing game out of his mind. 
so maybe something on along the lines of the Safari Zone, something along with that. It's just how that I always wondered in red, blue, yellow, gold, silver, crystal, you could throw a Pokeball at something as big as a Snorlax and have a Pokeball miss. Nothing less than an Ultra Ball would even hit it. It would not be something integral or vital to the game, but it would nevertheless be a fun minigame to play. Perhaps you could get items for winning, maybe even a Master Ball for getting a certain extremely high score. Now that's interesting, I mean, having items in the um, game as opposed to a Trainer Star, I wouldn't uh, mind with that. Uh, question three, with, for the gym leader, once again, no extreme preferences. However, I want an evil-type gym leader as Giovanni was. Somebody on the dark side or with the villains of the game, or maybe someone who's really, really mean. I mean Shinji-level. Give us a gym leader who is, at, at the very least, a total jerk. Plot Im- implications aside, we would all be satisfied in winning the battle against him. Finally, we have Great Butler. I don't have a name, but the Pokemon would be of a vampirical sort. It would be somewhat like a fusion between a vampire bad idea already representing Crobat's line and Dracula-esque human-shaped vampire. It would be slightly more human-like than Jinx, notable features being a long black cape on its back with feathery red wings beneath it. Its dungeon would be less of a traditional dungeon as it is a castle. Vampire, let's call him that for the purposes of this proposal, is hidden away in a casket on the top floor, and then he goes on to describe that basically it's kind of along the lines of a battle of the battle pyramid, where you have many different floors and you have to find a tile. Basically, when you encounter him, he would be level 75, and it knows Giga Drain, Poison Fang, Steel Wing, and Protect. Very nice move set. Mm-hmm. Uh, for the mini game, he doesn't have an answer, and for um, question three, he would just use the characters created in his fix. I'm going with design with the assumption of rematchable gym leaders in Emerald. And that will do it for the questions of the week. Uh, for next week, it's just going to be very basic. You're going to make a prediction for this year for the Pokemon world. What is going to be monumental that happens in 2007? What do you think? For me, I think that the 10th movie is going to do very well in the box office. That'll be... That's kind of a basic prediction, but, you know, whatever. Um, If you want to make your predictions off the wall and, you know, take a stab at humor, you can also do that. And that's about it. So I'll turn back over to TSS. Thank you, Winner, for that uh, wonderful plethora of questions of the week, and uh, we hope that uh, we can hear your responses next week. And keep keep them coming. We, Mm -hmm. we We don't get tired of them. So please keep them coming. We're going to move right along to our next call-in, and that next call-in will be Pokemon Trainer Lisa, so let's bring her in now. Hello, Pokemon Trainer Lisa. Welcome to Bulbacast episode of Hello. Season 2. Okay. Welcome. Hey, Hi. Hello Lisa. there. Hello, Lisa. Welcome back hey. to Bulbacast. Thank you. Back. Where's Lisa? <laughs> Hi, everyone. Hello there. Good to see you, dear. How's everyone doing tonight? Wonderful. Very good. great. Indeed, so. Yeah, I just woke and, up, uh, so... So what's your question this week, uh, PTL? Okay. <laughs> this is a very funny question, but one of my friends okay. came up with it, so I decided to ask it. Sure. Great. Okay. In the games, which Pokemon would do better in a Pokemon contest? A Magikarp or Feebas? Feebas, they're beautiful. Feebas. More Feebas. <laughs> oh. I'm pretty sure oh, Phoebus wins it. That's from the move selection. Yeah, because Phoebus yeah. actually learns TMs. Oh. Magic cards. Hmm. 
<laughs> yeah, like poor Matt. <laughs> I gotta say, he passes the better content for him. Yeah. At least not laying dead on the floor. Yeah, magic pretty much. Thank you very much. Uh, mm -hmm. Any more? Any more you have? Yes, yes. Sure, I have sure, another question. Go right ahead. Okay. Now this may have a, this question may have been asked before, but I am not sure. But okay, here it is. Gener generally speaking, why do hardcore anime fans dislike the Pokemon anime? Is it because they think it's childish, it's too old, or because they don't like the storyline? I really think uh, it's, it's a com it's, it's a combination of all three basically because uh, a lot a lot of how people marketed in America. I mean, I mean, I mean, everybody's entitled to their own opinions, but it, I think I think it's more than the, more like a childish factor. I think that's yeah. the whole thing. They, they picture it as 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 a kiddie anime. Exactly. Yeah. And here in the United States, it's definitely targeted towards the younger audience. Yes, indeed. That's I mean, true. Very younger audience. Yeah, yeah I mean, I mean, much better reputation in Japan. Obviously, yes. And and also, there's the fact that um, most hardcore anime fans they don't care much for um, childish animes. Right. No. Yeah. Well, and they um and they it's it, it's a, it, there's also an opinion where they don't like very many dubs either. Most hardcore anime fans are more inclined to watch subs. Well, I'm not necessarily sure that's true, but I mm -hmm. think that shows that they see first as subs as opposed to dubs. They're fairly likely to have a better opinion of. I mean, if people had seen Pokemon subbed originally rather than have seen it dubbed, mm. they would probably have the same kind of experience as they've got with Naruto, where they've seen that subbed first. And, I mean, let's be honest here, Naruto is made for kids. But yeah. the hardcore anime fans love it. Yes, it's that's, weird. that's why I saw the Naruto yeah. fans. The Naruto that, oh my fans God. in the supermarket. You if they first seen not. the dub of Naruto, I think they would have mm. been sure it was Kitty and never touched it. Yeah. You, wouldn't be, you wouldn't believe how you wouldn't believe how popular Naruto is here. <laughs> I can imagine. I can imagine I, so. I, I just, believe the, um, just about the, uh, half the people in my anime club have Naruto headbands on. <laughs> I believe the mass marketing of Pokemon <laughs> also hurt its uh, hardcore anime and appeal. Exactly. Yes. Because it, it's so widespread, it's everywhere. There's Pokemon this, Pokemon yeah. this, Pokemon. Yeah, the, the, uh, you know? most, Come on. A lot, many um, anime fans don't tend to like mainstream stuff. That's what they're seeing it as. It's very yeah. true. Now. Very, yeah. very true. Mm -hmm. Cool to hate the I think... Yeah. Oh, it's not just that it's mainstream that's a problem. I mean, Evangelion went mainstream, and we all loved it, and we've still got a soft spot in our hearts for it, though we don't like how a lot of people still go around saying it's the greatest thing ever. Right. There's a lot of people who still like Dragon Ball Z, even though that's yeah, amazingly mainstream, but most of the fans of Dragon Ball Z are those who saw it before the dubs came out, who actually saw right. the original subs. Um, yeah, I've actually heard of people who saw when they were in the service and they had friends in, in Japan who actually had videotapes of uh, raw episodes. Hmm. I've heard that more than one, one time from, from multiple people. I'm they sure a lot of it's opinion-based as, well. as well. Yeah, exactly. Getting back to the whole thing, it's all opinion-based. It's basically yeah. what, what you think yeah. are good morals mm -hmm. against that anime series. 
Like I said, it, also, it always two sides. Mm-hmm. There's always two sides to to uh, a fandom. Just remember. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, yeah, I was going to mention that some people um, don't like the merchandising because they they oh. think that they went overboard on the merchandising thing. Oh yeah, <laughs> the that marketing. You back to the uh, yeah. mass mass of mm-hmm. media mass production. Mm-hmm. Yes. Everything is everywhere. Oh, uh, yeah, that, yes. that in some fans' eyes can hurt the anime. Name a series um, that hasn't you know. suffered from overmarketing. A lot of them. I'd like to interject something, if I could, about uh, what we were saying earlier about how mm-hmm. some people seeing things dubbed beforehand will uh, take something better dubbed. Personally, when I originally saw Pokemon dubbed, I was craving subs ever since I ever since I first saw it. And especially mm. since, uh, especially since the first uh, Pokemon, the first Pokemon <laughs> movie DVD came out, and they're telling what all the they're talking about what all they cut and personality changes and such. I was like, wow, there needs to be a subtitled version. So mm. it, it doesn't it doesn't always run the fact that, or run that uh, someone who sees something dubbed first. Well, accepted the accepted or accepted more. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I think uh, that pretty much uh, sums everything up. Thank you, PTL. Oh, you're welcome. And uh, thank you for calling. We'll try to thank get you. you next time. All thank right, you, you have a good night. Right, good night, Lisa. Okay. Bye-bye. Good night. Bye, everyone. Goodbye. Bye. 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 Great call. Yep. Great calling. Yep. Great questions. As always. Mm-hmm. Yes, indeed. We're going to get one more call before we say goodbye, and that person is going to be. Levisor, let's get him in right now. Now, hello, uh, Levisor. Hey, good to see you all again. Indeed, good so. Hello, hello. Hi, hello. What's your question? <laughs> okay. First question off. Um, I know that the Pokemon franchise isn't exactly the uh, worldwide phenomenon it once was, yet it still maintains a prevalence in fandom today. I mean, why do you think it stayed as popular for as long as it did? The fans. As long as it has. The games. The games. If, if, there, if it wasn't for the, the hardcore games, fans then like us. people would have uh, forgotten mm. about the anime. Oh, yeah. Well, you think and... about it, it's not really as popular. I mean, if you look at, I mean, Red, Blue, and Yellow sold something like 40 million copies, and Ruby, Sapphire, and Emerald sold 15 million. I mean, it's a drop, but you're starting at 40 million people. You're... S- even a made 50% plus drop, you're still going to leave a large number of fans. So that's mm-hmm. just why their community still seems pretty not, dark. Not only that, but not only besides that, uh, that. I think both in games and anime, we've seen, I mean, it's, it's more arguable for, arguable for anime than for games, but I think we've seen a rise in quality as we've seen a drop in um, mainstream interest. Um, I, I mm-hmm. mean, if, Anyone who stick with the games can tell you. You go back to pl- you. You play one of the more recent games. You go back to play Red, Blue, and Yellow, and you're wondering, what the hell was I thinking that this was an amazing? No, game? I disagree completely. Yeah, I disagree too. completely. I think I, I can still go back and play Red, Blue, and Yellow even after playing Fire Red and Leaf Green, which totally leave it obsolete. But it's yes. just the charm is there. Some things exactly. like the fun glitches are there. Well, I yeah. think there's I mean, still some appeal in them. I admit mm-hmm. that the new games are nice, but I think I don't know. Maybe it's partly nostalgia, but I still no. think there's this, a lot left in the old. I think games. a lot of it, it yeah. has to be nostalgia. You, exactly. I mean, no, the original storylines. The original you, games they they were great as far as concept and innovation, but they had a lot of glitches and the graphics and was graphics were really 
downright terrible. I, yeah, but, but graphics don't make it the game. Come on, let's think about that. When did they first come it, out? It's all it's a technology a, factor. Ninety. Yeah, exactly. Also, <laughs> they were ready for the GB. The original Game Boy. Of course, the original, the original Game Boy wasn't in color. Remember that? Yeah, oh, black and white. Right, you know why it's downright terrible, guys? Greenish gray and white, and mm. kind of lighter gray. As an artist, mm. I gotta say, there's mm. a lot more. There's a. As an artist, I gotta say, the red, blue, and yellow graphics weren't well done. You can't even blame it on the system. They, mm. I mean, they were redone the for the red, blue, yellow too. graphics were done to the same standard as Link's Awakening on the original system. There was uh, nothing wrong with them. Here, here's mm. a here's a great here's a great comparison right now. If you take the original red and blue, ga- red, blue, green games, uh, you can consider that as a 19, watching a 1950s telesyn. Today's games are more of a matter of HD quality than 1990s uh, as far as technology is concerned, if, you th- if we could think it that way. I gotta admit, I, I, I don't like the, rele- the fourth generation release of, of Pokemon because there's a lot of weird monsters, there's a lot of legendaries, and there's a lot of evolutions and pre-evolutions, whereas there's not a lot of just good old regular monsters. Agreed. Overall, I don't mind most of the evolutions and pre-evolutions. I mean, come on. Magneton's evolution. You cannot tell me that that's not awesome. It uh, is... You know, some are awesome, but some really have, in my opinion, really don't have much of a place. And it's not completely nostalgia when you when you still enjoy red, blue, or yellow, because yeah. that has the most original set of uh, cookies. Well, you got to figure some of them are fillers. They had to fill in space. Yeah. They had to make something mm-hmm. up. Red, Blue, and Yellow have the best Pokemon. I think yes, you will did. find yes, very did. few people who disagree with that. You'll almost always find me with the original Pokemon on my team. Mm-hmm. Indeed. Oh, the first generation yes. was the, first, the best one, uh, design-wise. Oh, yeah. mm. oh. King. I think that That's there's a lot of good ones. Made it. I will I say, though, my favorite Pokemon aren't really the first generation ones. I mean, mm. Heracross, uh, the whole Routes evolution lines. Oh, yes. uh, most of my favorites don't really come from the first generation. I'd probably put the first generation Pokemon among, like, I'd probably say they're better overall than the ones that came from the later generations in general, but my favorite ones tend to be some of those that came later. Yeah, I, think I like a few of the later ones myself. My favorite my one favorite actually is Diamond and Pearl. So. I, the, uh, I think in every generation, if you look, you can generation. see a lot of really good ones and bad ones. Like, mm-hmm. if you, in the original generation, yeah, there's a lot of really good ones, but then you have ones like, let's face it, is Polyrath really an original evolution? Mm, no. <laughs> it looks it's exactly a tadpole like how many How many evolutions of a tadpole can you have? Hollytoad. Yeah. Hollytoad was a much better evolution, I thought. I think the the first generation, it's like Archaic said, they land more middle range. As you get up into the later generations, they get a little more extreme. You have ones that you absolutely love, and then you have ones that you absolutely loathe. Going back to something Pi said about a lot of legendaries and Diamond and Pearl, I actually, I don't know, I'm kind of a sucker for legendaries, and I because... A, they tend to be very useful, and B, they tend to be very cool looking. So, you know, it's like, why not? Give me some more legendaries. Yeah, but you, you know, make don't 13 you like the, of them. Don't oh, you cool. like the Pokemon based on real, on something real? 
Nah, I'm kind more of, of a mythical you know, kind of person. I like you know. I like mythical stuff. So that's well, part, that's part of why my. Part of it is so personal taste. part of it is personal taste because, quite frankly, yeah. I like legendaries, but I like the regular monsters more. I never I use it. legendaries in a team. I think that that a lot of people would be better battlers if they didn't rely on legendaries as much. I mean, that's a personal opinion sort yeah. of thing. It's up for debate, as it's always been. Yeah. I'd rather play with a team I built myself instead of uh, saying, hey, I just cop- captured this, this legendary. I'm going to kick the butt of the game with it instead. Exactly. Anyway, we're going to have to say goodbye to Blonasaur, So, yeah. All uh, right. Thanks for your call, Blonasaur. Thanks for the call. All right. Bye-bye. We're going to make this uh, thing short and sweet because we have a lot of uh, comments saying that we take too long to say goodbye. So we're going. I'm just going to say this one thing. The plugs, people, you have to go to the websites that I tell you to right now. You need to go to bubblegarden.net, pokemonpalace.net, and pocketmonsters.net. We need your hits. We need you to visit there. And the IRC server, once again, and the IRC channels are irc.systemnet.info and irc.pocketmonsters.net. Pound Bulbacast and Pound Pocket Monsters. Mm-hmm. And remember that Pound Bulbacast opens up at one hour before the task is supposedly beginning. So please make sure you're going to be there. I'd like to thank everybody here. Satoshkun, Kasumi, Archaic, Misty. I especially for coming back. PPN Steve, Winter, and our Collins, Pokemon Trainer, Lisa, Blonasaur, Great Liver, and finally, uh... Karukachan. Kachan, yes. Indeed so. Thank you for calling. First time callers are great. This is Tizzas Killer saying, stay safe everybody, and good night. And I'm in a-